we're talking movies. We're talking Bill and Ted Face the Music, written by Ed Sullivan and Chris Matheson, directed by Dean Parso, starring the most excellent returns of Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter as Bill and Ted. So, my name is Dennis Caleb McCoy. Ugh, you picked the worst quotes, man. How about tambourine? It's not as easy as it looks. Death. All right, welcome to another episode of How'd You Like That Movie? As Scott said, we're talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music. This film came out the beginning of September, and we're in 2020, so there will be spoilers in this film. Before we get too far into this podcast, though, I just want to say I thought this movie was fucking horrible. So if you take Don't nothing away, bury the lead. <laughs> if, if you take nothing away from this podcast, is that Chris suggests you do not watch this film. Anyway, like I said, there's going to be some. So spoilers everybody coming just up. stop listening now. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You can pretty much just stop listening right now. Um, but yeah, Scott. So this is the third film in the Bill and Ted series. What what's your take? You clearly already know mine. We're gonna dig into this a bit, but what's your take? For me, like this did what it was supposed to do, right? It hit you with the nostalgia. Be horrible? Is that was that the plan? Well, I, I didn't know the other two movies were Oscar winners. Yeah, they were significantly better. And that's the, the original nostalgia. was definitely better. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. That's the thing. It hit you with the nostalgia, it hit you with the Easter eggs from back before and technically it does what it should happen is kind of lead it towards the next generation where bill or keanu reeves and alex winter don't have to take it over but you have their daughters kind of take it over for the next one hey you realize they had sons at the end of bogus journeys right hey time travel (laughs) timey whiny shit the universe was in peril they turned into girls this film i mean i was about Four minutes into it, and I was like, oh my god, how much longer is this movie? Thank god, just like the other two, it's only 90 minutes. It was just like, it was was brutal to have to watch. And I even specifically, like, normally in in trilogies, I don't go back and watch the other films unless we're going to get ready to do a podcast on it. But I just had to be like, were all of them really this bad? And I went back and I watched both of the originals. And uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is super fun. And it's like campy and it's kind of like a satire and it's very much like Wayne's World or um, Anchorman or those types of films. And you're like, the my okay, I guess my issue with this film is that those jokes when they were 20, it was fresh. It was new. It was like sketch comedy. It, it's, it's fun. Like it's a fun romp. And them being adults still being like, Oh, dude, da 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 da. We gotta save the world again and bring up like it was just all over the place. It was a fucking mess. The there was so much about this movie I did not enjoy. So why don't we talk about what you did enjoy? Unless you've already talked about it already. <laughs> okay, I I like the daughters. I thought they did very well in terms of mimicking and doing a parody. I thought that of, was ridiculous. That their whole parents. that whole premise of those as soon as they walked in like bobble in their head and stuff just like Bill and Ted I was like it was cr- I'm going to say cringeworthy and I'm pretty sure I got that out of a like a variety article or something like that where another critic was like it is a cringeworthy film. Anyway, keep going. 
it's I'm gonna be all over you on this one. Oh my god, just fucking buy me dinner first. But uh, anyways, so I like the the two actresses that played him. It was my first time actually seeing um, Bridget Lundy Payne, mm-hmm. the one that played Ted. Yeah, Ted's daughter. It was my first time seeing her, and I thought she did really well. Samara Weaving, I've liked since Ready or Not. Yeah, 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 and. The other thing, if you want to get all over me, let's let's just get this out. I think this movie proves that Keanu Reeves is the most adept actor actor of our generation. Wow, that's a that's a that's a huge statement. Uh, I don't know how. Explain to me how this film proves that statement. I was thinking about it. No other actor, to my knowledge, has the work like the the body of work in which he's carrying these fair franchises right and playing the different teds across the multiverse or whatever it was right and it also gave me the one thing i've wanted since 19 whatever 90 was a fucking keanu reeves amazing british accent <laughs> you did get that 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 i will i will give you that I, I don't know if uh, judging someone's acting chops on their ability to hold franchises is is a is a really good way to like judge acting because like what, what I'm assuming the franchises you're talking about are obviously this one the Bill and Ted one mm-hmm. comedy talk- which, which is a comedy franchise yeah 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 okay the Matrix which is sci-fi action yeah and John Wick which is hardcore action. Okay, what, what's... And drama. You is there drama. other franchises in there? Those are the ones you're talking about, right? Those, yes. None of those fucking genres are known for their ab- people's ability to act. No one, like, sits down and watches an action film and is like, man, I'm watching this because I really want to see their acting chops. Sometimes, in spite of it, it happens. So, Scarface? Al Pacino? That's more action. It, no, 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 no. There's, it's a action-driven drama. Right? It's got a, like a dramatic So what plot John line. Wick is, an action-driven Get the fuck dra- out of here. John, I, and I like that John Wick. That guy fucking I'm not gonna, lost his no, dog. No, 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 no. You cried. I'm not gonna you pick cried a- when he lost his dog. Yes, it's it's, it's, it's good. drama. But it's essentially, you can't have that much gung-fu, or sorry, gun-fu, and then be like, oh, but it's like a drama. That's like saying, that's like saying Goodfellas is an action film because there's some shooting in it. It's, it's primarily, mm. John Wick is primarily action. Just like... Uh, the Matrix is primarily like an action sci-fi film, um, which I said, yeah, action sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I w- again, I wouldn't be judging anybody's acting chops on being able to carry. That's like saying, well, they did. Uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. did great in the Avengers films, so he must be a great actor. It's like, well, yeah. Have you seen Less Than Zero? Yeah, that's that's not what would make <laughs> him a great actor. And we can talk another time about like whether we think Robert Downey but Jr. is still even a good. In actor. terms of the range, Keanu has like starting off, and it was these Ted roles, right, where he was just the dope, like the goofy guy. Wait, 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 wait. Are we talking about his acting career? Yes. Okay, because he's definitely... I'm su- I'm not suggesting that Keanu Reeves is not a good actor. I'm just saying that the example you're giving, he did, you know, like uh, Beside the River's Edge, which was a fantastic film. My Own Private Idaho, which he did with River Phoenix. Excellent acting ability. Straight up drama. He actually plays like a male prostitute in that. Like, he has bodies of work that 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 show that he's a decent actor. I'm just not saying, I'm not agreeing with you that being able to hold three kind of action-y, ridiculous franchises is an example of his quality acting. So then maybe I should say 
it's the example of his range that he can go back and forth. No, and that is also not because all of those films require like very superficial, uh, superficial qualities. Um, but anyway, so let, let's talk about Keanu Reeves. Do you have a fa- favorite Keanu film or role? No, no, no. Do you have a favorite role that he was in? Because sometimes he's in films that are good and sometimes he's just the best one in that film. So, Well, in terms of movie, Point Break. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I, we're, I'm 100% in agreement. I almost actually watched Point Break just to like wash the taste of this film out of my mouth, but I went back and watched the original, uh, the original Bill and Ted. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, Point Break for me. And Obviously, then, he's good in The Matrix and John Wick. I would say Matrix, yeah. I like the other The original, yeah, 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 like yeah, the like, first one. I, I like all three John Wick, I have to admit. Yeah. They're fun. Like, they're super fun. Like, though, that to me is the kind of popcorn, mo- popcorn movie I like. Dark, it's gritty. The, the cho- like, gun choreography and stuff like that is fantastic. It's, it's cool. It's got kind of a cool sheen to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, I liked him in the, the devil's advocate with De Niro uh, I mean, or Pacino, Pacino. Sorry, with Pacino. Fuck. Come on, man. He I know, fucked I his know. sister in that movie. Well, technically he didn't. Do you know that. that he actually, um, reduced his wage so that the film could afford Al Pacino? Yeah. Cause everything I've heard is Keanu Reeves is the nicest guy in Hollywood. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, being Canadian helps. I mean, he well, does. technically I think he was born in Lebanon, but he grew up in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's Canadian. He's like Alfonso Davies. He's Canadian. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's funny. We have all this to talk about with Keanu, but then there's Alex Winters, who was in The Lost Boys? Freaks, which he directed. I haven't seen Freaks. I heard it's actually like kind yeah, of a cult film. Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. It's been years since I've seen it, but yeah. Well, and he's done some directing and stuff like that, like smaller, smaller productions, like short films. Yeah, like he directed Freaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I thought, to be honest, it, it was good seeing him on the screen again. And that's what I mean. Like the nostalgia factor of this movie alone bumps it up. Like, okay, so I think there were things about this film that were well done. Um, okay, so one of my big criticisms of both this film and Bogus Journey is I felt like they crammed way too much stuff into one film. So, for example, in Bogus Journey, the cool part is when they meet Death, who's uh, played by William Sadler. Is that Mm -hmm. how you pronounce his name? Uh, Who's been in a whole bunch of stuff like Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, Die Hard 2. Um, And he plays a great Death. And actually, Mm -hmm. I really love the interactions between Bill and Ted and Death, both in this film and in Bogus Journey. And if they would have just... So in Bogus Journey, for example, and I'm not going to dwell too much on the original films in that one, but in that film, if they would have just kind of did the death thing, that would have been fine. But by the end of the time, you have like Martians, robots, like all kinds of other stuff going on. Like it just became very, very cluttered. And I felt like this film did was cluttered in the same way. So for example... <clears throat> excuse me. For example, if I was going to like redo this film and I actually wanted it a feature length that it is, I would have actually had Bill and Ted like grow up and become kind of like corporate shills. Like they had lost their groove, you know? And then if you, then if you wanted to use the daughters, you could have them, you know, go back in time. Oh, spoiler alert. Go back in time, you know, get the, the, the best band in history and, you know, show their dads like why it still meant something to be cool and you should always party on. But instead of having like these old slackers, which are, so you've got all these like 
you have all these storylines happening at the same time and none of them really get flushed out and none of them are really, well, they get flushed out and they come to fruition, but they're just not strong enough to stand on their own. Okay. Now, in terms of your question about Bill and Ted or your statement about Bill and Ted being corporate shells, to be honest, I actually liked it the way they were here in which it's two guys being drowned and pressured on having still having written that one song. Okay, but do you really think and okay, still trying? Okay, so Bill and Ted in 1989 are high school students and they're basically a parody of California Valley boys, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so the idea that these are grown ass men still, you know, walking around, talking like that, like, I get it. You could go kind of like the stepbrothers route, but the way they speak should have changed. Like I said, I just don't, I just, it, it just didn't work for me. And again, the jokes. So did you ever see, you saw Anchorman, right? Yeah. And did you like Anchorman? Yeah. Did you see Anchorman 2? Yes. Did you like Anchorman 2? It was all right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because the jokes, when they were fresh and new, you're like, oh man, that's hilarious. But when it just gets like recycled again, it doesn't have the same impact. And in, at least in the film, in Anchorman, for example, we're talking about characters of the same age, moving with roughly within the same kind of time period within a couple of years. Here you have like grown ass adults acting like the kids. So they're no longer really parodies of anything. See, I wouldn't see. I think your impression of it and mine is different. Like for me, if you go back to one and you go back to Which is two, a fantastic, it's a super yeah, entertaining yeah. movie, by the way. Yeah, they were the dumb guys and everything like that. But if you go on this one, like they they are a little bit more mature, right? They're just trying to get to where what was promised to them. They're trying to get to their promised land, right? And in which they weren't all stupid, like, whoa, whoa, kind of thing. If you think about it, like how many times... Did they re- yeah, okay. Never yeah. mind. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I was gonna say they only fucked up once in terms of stupidity, but that was with when they go back to the wives kind of thing. Spoilers. But uh What I would have done is I would have picked one of those things. So I would have picked the band thing or them going into the future thing. Cause in the first one, they do one thing. They go to the past, they get people. There's some hilarity around that, like Napoleon eating the ice cream and stuff like that. Or which, the water park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which reminds me. So in the first one, when Napoleon's eating the piggly wiggly ice cream or whatever, that's actually the two waiters are Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, like the writers. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was like super interesting that they put themselves in their own movie. Weren't they the two demons in this movie? I think so. Uh, I don't have that in my notes, but I think so. Because right. they, they kind of dwell on those two demons on purpose. You know yeah, I mean? and then they're like, robots in hell. That's fucking weird. That's right. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, like I think they should have just like picked one of those things and gone that way. So here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. How? Because this makes me super angry because outside of being like a movie guy, I'm really into music. That... That... You go anytime in history and that was the best band you could put together... Fucking Kid Cudi, you had Dave Grohl uh, in your film. Wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. Kid Cudi was by accident. They never searched out Kid Cudi. Yeah, but the point is, is that when you make a film and you're going to have a band put together and then you accidentally pull Kid Cudi into it, when you had Dave Grohl already in your film. Yeah. And, you know, he wrote a totally awesome song, right? Who did? Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl did. Yeah, of course he did. But 
yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. Like the one in terms of the band, the only one I had questions on was the drummer. Like, how do you know somebody in the cave times was the best fucking drummer in the world? Well, I mean, in that situation, if uh, you could, because they went to Africa, they could have done like a Zulu drummer. Boo. You know what I mean? And why is it <clears throat> every single time movie, they're like, so we've had Beethoven, Bach in two, and then Mozart. Mozart. Yeah. Like, it's like, they always go back to like the top three classical uh, they had Jimi Hendrix, which I guess is fine. But mm-hmm. why not like Ella Fitzgerald or something? I mean, they just, you have the whole history. Or you could have had, you could have had like, uh, like a Brazilian drummer or something like that. Like you, you could have just really expanded. It just felt like so weak. And well, that fucking the Kid Cudi thing though, that was like the icing on, icing on the cake for me. I'm like. Oh, to my knowledge, Kid Cudi is not really Kid Cudi. I what think do you mean? It, I think it. It's assumed he's station. He's the Martians melded together. Ah, okay. Right? Because that's why he knew so much about time travel, so much about alternate reality. Maybe, realities. but again, why why use Kid Cudi? Like, you couldn't get anybody else? Yeah, probably Kid Cudi's pay rate was very low compared to everybody else. <laughs> but in terms of... Yeah, I still can't believe you don't like this movie, right? Man, it was fucking horrible, and it was like... Um, the reason I'm actually talking about so much other Bill and Ted in this is because if we do trilogies, I don't want to watch this movie again. Yeah, to me, to be honest, like I was disappointed in terms of like finally having that one end trilogy that actually ends it right. I was excited. I was excited to see this film. But I think after watching this film and in terms of our debate with with trilogies, I think there will never be one. Because every third movie is going to open up. They want to open up a, a fourth one, right? Because now that you have the two daughters that can take over with time travel. If you look at, because we'll, when we actually do this conversation, but the one movie I was thinking in terms of perfect um, ending was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It said Last Crusade. Yeah, but some people will tell you, because it's got to be all three have to be good, not just the end, end one. And... Temple of Temple Doom, of Doom is, is not is not fantastic. It's but it def- still it's, holds up. Uh, again, that is definitely for another. I I I I can definitely push back on Temple of Doom because Raiders of the Lost Ark, fantastic. Last Crusade, fantastic. The second one in that franchise is definitely weak, and I don't even want to fucking talk about Crystal Skull. That was that, that was as garbage as this saying, goddamn that's movie. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it just like okay, we got to push on the next generation, right? You got to keep it going, kind of thing, right? So now you have. Shia LaBeouf, who's probably not going to be in the fifth one they're doing, right? But so you know, it's interesting though that because sometimes what happens when you get into like trilogies, you get different writers. Like obviously, you have different directors in this. This um, is the same team over. Yeah, it's yeah. literally the same writers. But again, like when you look at what they they had been working on, Bill and Ted, the original one. I think it was originally called. Bill and Ted and their time traveling van or something like that. So you have all this work, you do all this work and all this work. And some of it was like flushed out in like, um, standup routines and yada, yada, yada. So like, it was a really tight script. Um, and then it's sort of like, Oh, we used all our ideas. So where do you go? But then to take this much time and then create a film like this bad, I mean, maybe it's time to just like hang up the old, uh, shingle on it when it comes to this film you, you know, know what i mean I, I'm, I'm just gonna cut you off there i i think you can't like it is the same team right 
it is the same writers, but you also have time. So to my knowledge, there's yeah, multiple... Yeah, they could have they done a better goddamn job. No, what I mean is there's multiple fucking drafts of what this third movie was going to be, but now you have Keanu in his 50s and Alex Winter in his 50s, so you have to rewrite it to make it for, for yes, the age. So, so rewrite it or don't make it. No. Like, I, if it's if you're... Why put out a garbage script after, what are we, uh, 1989? So, like, 20, 30 years, you're going to put out a garbage script just because... Just because you what? You have to put it out? No, because it's nostalgia. Listen, that's that's the that's the that's the market that we're living in is nostalgia. Well, it's taking right our kids to movies we liked as kids. That's why they're thinking about remaking fucking or not even remaking, but uh, doing a prequel of House of Wax with Ugh. the Paris Hilton movie with yeah, every, yeah, yeah. all the ninety. That's, that's garbage. That's garbage. Yeah, but it had a it now has a cult following. <sighs> so now they're like, hey, don't remake cult movies, okay? It's just like Boondock Saints. They remade it. The remake is fucking trash. When did they remake Boondock Saints? Boondock Saints? Uh, I'd, I'd have to look up when that remake was, but yeah, there's a part two, and it's garbage. That's watched... not a remake. That's a sequel. It's the same team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a sequel. Sorry. Yes. But like, you, you, should not, you should not remake cult classics because they're classic. Leave them alone. And you should not make sequels to cult classics because they're classics, and usually they're classics by accident. You know what I mean? Like Rocky Horror, stuff like that. So by trying to remake them, you typically get, they're, they're like, lightning in a bottle and you usually don't reproduce it usually all you do is degrade the franchise so what so before this movie were you a bill and ted fan like how how high up were well you i in? so i saw bill and ted excellent adventure in the theater as a kid okay i saw bogus journey in the theaters so and i think i to be honest i think yesterday was the first time i'd seen all of bogus journey so i mean i like bill and ted but it's not like indiana jones so this movie technically is not for you this movie, it's, it's, it's just, it's a bad movie fucking. though, Scott. Like, it's just not a good film. So explain to me. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. And then I've got a question I have for you. If it's so bad, why is it 81% Hey man, a million, a, a million flies eat shit. That doesn't mean it's good. You know what I mean? And you're right. The crazy thing about this is that this has the, pretty much the same score on Rotten Tomatoes as the original does. I mean, Bogus Journey got slammed. It's got a 56%. Um... But yeah, it's basically got the same rating as the original. And I it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. It's because it's nostalgia. People I, I think, love it. But the other thing, too, is that it just came out. Uh, what are we, like two weeks ago? Something like that. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see how this changes. Um, I don't know if you want to say. I'm going to say that I paid the $20 and I watched it on Apple+. Plus. So that's the other thing. If if maybe if I had just watched this on a streaming service that I already owned, I'd be less critical. But I paid like cold hard credit card cash yeah, to watch the, this fucking if you, film. If you went into the theaters, you would have paid your ticket plus your that you would have paid over twenty. Yeah, I bucks. probably wouldn't have seen this in the theater though. I I would not have gone to see this in the theory the theater. It's not Tenant. It's not the kind of movie I typically go to the theater unless I'm being paid by this podcast to go see it in the theater. I would not have seen it in the theater. So I paid a theater price to watch a fucking movie that I probably wouldn't have paid to see. And it was atrocious. See, I had no problem laying down like the money for it. Right. Cause it was just literally like, again, it was the whole nostalgia factor. Seeing these guys replay the, these people, like for me, that was worth the price of admission. And it's way cheaper. Cause I, my kids got to sit down with me and I didn't have to pay fucking tickets for them. Did your kids like it? They thought it was all right. 
but that's the thing. Like they so never saw you, the originals. Do you think it will it will pull another generation into Bill and Ted? Because you've got a like kind of like that. You. I think it's going to pull them into the like my daughters like the daughters. Okay. Right. Like that. So she they... she may watch a Bill and Ted daughters film if they were to make exactly one. same way as my kids are super disappointed that the female Ghostbusters aren't having another movie. They love that fucking movie. They put it up right up with the Bill Murray original Ghost. Really? Yeah, they love your Your kids need to start watching better film, man. No, but that's the thing. It's because it's what we grow up on, right? So Bill Murray and all them. No, because I grew up in the same generation and I don't. But that's why. Like, to me, yeah, like Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, those are the Ghostbusters. It's also right? a better film. It's a better movie. We we will have Halloween's coming up. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about Ghostbusters during October, uh, like all of the Ghostbusters and the original and stuff like that. So I just want to make a comment about like your uh, statement about the script and you know they had all this time and stuff. Okay, so Ed Solomon, one of the two writers. Uh, so Chris Matheson hasn't really done much of anything. I think his biggest claim to fame is he's the son of writer Richard Matheson, who wrote I Am Legend. Hmm. yeah 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 so like luck. when you see his birthday and it's like beverly hills you're like all right who's your daddy um <laughs> what but, does he do but ed solomon this guy wrote men in black he was just the big ones men in black charlie's angels now you see me one and two like this guy is like a still a prolific writer still a big mover and shaker so he totally had the ability to write a better fucking script so don't give me any shit that like time and keanu getting older and stuff like that did affected. he did he write Men in Black International? No, he just wrote Men in Black, just the, the first one. So just the first one. So he's never, has he written any that he's had to gone back sequels? Uh, Just Now You See Me, one and two. Which I would say. I've only, seen the fir- I've only seen the first one and it wasn't my favorite movie, so I didn't bother watching the second one. So I really have no context on it. Yeah, and I would say one was stronger than two. Yeah, I would, I, I would assume so because... What people said of two is that it wasn't as good as one. But again, I haven't seen two. So, um, so interesting though, is that, did you, how did you, did you find this? Like, I didn't even find this movie interesting from a cinematic standpoint, which is a bit odd considering I am going to butcher this name. The director's name is Dean Frisso and he won an Academy Award for a short film in 1988. He's also directed Red 2, Fun with Dick and Gene and Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest is a fucking awesome film, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I found this a very flat film. I, the soundtrack wasn't great. I mean, seeing Dave Grohl and seeing Death, those, those were my two highlights. I, like I said, Death could have his own movie. I, I, would, I would watch that movie. <laughs> so the restraining, the restraining order is lifted, eh? What's that? <laughs> the restraining order is lifted. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The 40-minute yeah, yeah. Hour, hour bass solo is what kept Wild Stallions going. So have you? So this this film released both in the theater, kind of limited release. Was it? Would you consider the limit? Limited I think release? it was just drive-ins. If I'm not, mistaken. was it just drive-ins? I think. So. And and then it was on Apple Plus and some other streaming yeah, services like for a, like a premium pay. Um, so the budget numbers. So I've got I've got a basically a twenty five million dollar budget. Box office numbers three point four million. Um, I don't have any streaming numbers. Do you have any streaming numbers? No, I didn't. I couldn't find it, but I know it was. If I'm not mistaken, it, it was number one. It was number one when it came out. And on like uh, most of the streaming services it was on, it was still in first and second place in the second week. Uh-huh. So it's it's doing okay. 
Uh, I don't know if it's going to make that 25 million back, but I mean, we don't, we will have to wait and see what the numbers are. 25 million? It costs 25 million. Yeah. Oh yeah. They'll make that money back. Which is, uh, so, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was made for 10 million, which was 25 million in today's dollars. And it made 40 million. So 85 million in today's dollars. So it basically made four times its money. That's a fucking amazing return on investment yeah this this movie would be the same you think so oh yeah 20 bucks 20 bucks a piece for sure um for Bo- sure bogus journey basically made made double its money it was made for 20 million and it uh got a 38 million in box office and so that translates into 38 million in today's dollars and it made 72 so again not bad definitely enough money to obviously remake it Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much money it ends up coming out with, um, after we get all the streaming numbers. So I don't know, man. So was there a specific aspect of this film you really liked? Any scenes that you really liked? There's one scene that I actually appreciated a lot was when they did go the first time to the future, like brought to the future. Yeah. And that George Carlin cameo. Yeah. It was good to see George Car- Carlin again. I mean, I think casting him in the first one was perfect. Uh, again, Bogus Journey is... It's kind of all over the place. Uh, I don't know why the future always looks like a Talking Heads video from like the mid eighties, but, but that's it, how the future is always portrayed. Which is kind of weird because that that is my one uh, gripe, and, not, and it's not just with this movie, but it's other movies as well that do it. That okay, you had in Excellent Adventure, they went to the future. And they're all sitting like the future people were like sitting on the walls. Yeah, yeah, they're like floating or something like yeah. that. That's not happening here. Yes. I know. It's like they didn't didn't look at their own canon. Yeah. Like just because CGI is available and all this new special effects, I like fucking Prometheus did the same thing where they have like the hologram shit going all the way around. And I'm like, if this is before aliens, how the fuck did alien not have any of this hologram shit? Right. But. Yeah, that's my only gripe with this movie is not keeping with the continuity. Well, as I said, I think this money, this this movie <laughs> this is, money. Yeah, so I was thinking about the money I spent on it. Uh, this this movie was horrible. It was a waste of my time. Uh, it's ninety minutes. I'm never going to get back, including twenty dollars. Uh, I would not <laughs> recommend it. If you want to check it out, definitely wait till it comes to a streaming service. Or if you got a hot date. Go watch it at the drive-in because at least you can just kill some time doing something else if you want. Um, <laughs> what about you? That's And that's all I have to say on this film. So uh, from here on in, it's you, Scott, and then you can get us out of here. No, no. Like, I'm good. I, I did I did enjoy it for what it was and what they tried to do. So since you never asked me the fucking question about how I liked the movie, I didn't bury my lead, Chris. <laughs> but... Other than that, that is our rant for the day. If you like what you heard, or even if you didn't, please subscribe to our podcast and we will try to get better. If you want to express your opinions to us, we can be reached on Twitter at how'd you like that one or email at how'd you like that movie at gmail.com. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions. <laughs>